This is Cockpits and Cocktails. We use this podcast to share stories and talk about all things aviation and aerospace. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Cheers to you and enjoy. Contessa, welcome. Aloha. So I'd like to get started today. We're going to be talking about this program, Foster Pilots Worldwide. Could you tell the audience a little bit more about it and what you're doing? Yeah, so uh, Foster Pilots uh, has been a work in progress, gosh, I think for the last year and a half or so. Um, It's been a big group effort of a lot of people and a lot of um, people that I've met through my aviation journey um, and their dreams and what they want to achieve in the aviation world and also in our community. Um, So a lot of this started, uh, I started flying in 2020 right before the pandemic. And I did my first solo ever um, about a week after the whole world shut down. Um, Through that, you know, I had a lot of time on my hands and was building time as quickly as I could. Um, uh, You know, Maui, we had one of the highest unemployment rates um, in the entire country. Uh, So all the pilots were off. We were all looking for time. We were all looking for things to do. And um, I met this wonderful, wonderful woman, um, Bianca Vasquez Abarca. Uh, she and I actually did a dog rescue flight um, from Kahului to Waimea. And um, after that, you know, we started chatting about what we wanted to do and what our experience had been as a woman in aviation. Um, and what I realized, um, you know, my journey had been pretty easy so far. Um, Bianca, being a woman of color um, and also uh, being a younger age, had faced a lot of discrimination, a lot of challenges along the way. Um, And that was something that I hadn't realized uh, right away that a lot of people were experiencing. Um, So she and I started talking um, about what we wanted to do, how we wanted to make an impact, um, how we wanted to change things and just change the whole aviation game. Uh, She and I both had participated in different things like Civil Air Patrol 99s, um, but we wanted to do more. We wanted to really, really shake up the industry. Um, Our little motto has been, uh, we won't sit down and we will not be quiet. Um, So we wanted to make this huge, huge impact. So she and I continued to fly together. Um, She actually started her own nonprofit called Women of Color in Aviation. Uh, She's incredible. She's done scholarships. She's a business student right now. Um, And so she really took that first jump to start making a big impact in a way that had not necessarily been seen before. Um, I was playing catch up with her. Uh, I was trying to do as much humanitarian work as I could. Um, I was trying to go through all my ratings as quickly as possible. And I was lucky enough to actually be able to purchase my first airplane, a little yellow Cessna 150, uh, about two weeks after I got my commercial license in 2021. And um, from there, you know, I just wanted to fly as much as possible. Uh, I had seen the effect that the pandemic had on the island and wanted, wanted to make a change um, in a way that aviation only can. Uh, I'm sure as a lot of you know that here in Hawaii, um, it, it's hard to get things places. We have a lot of more remote areas, Hana, Molokai, Lanai, Waimea, all these places that it, it's very difficult to get supplies. It's very difficult to get services. Um, we have large bodies of ocean between us and um, boats just really are not an option. Um, so we saw the opportunity as pilots um, to be able to make that connection between the islands and really help with the disparity of supplies, goods, and, you know, humanitarian services. Um, So through the pandemic, 
I um, was able to connect with a gentleman, uh, Captain Craig Holly. He's a yacht captain by trade, uh, pilot, firefighter, uh, just about everything you can imagine he's done and been very successful in. And uh, he and I connected through social media, um, you know, through the humanitarian work that I was doing. I was flying puppies. I was um, flying uh, computers to kids, um, the outer islands, uh, to be able to do virtual learning uh, through the pandemic. Um, as well as delivering Christmas presents, household goods, whatever I could, you know, to help out. Um, he reached out to me and wanted to work on a project together where we would be delivering PPE, hand sanitizer, uh, you know, masks, COVID tests, all that uh, to the island of Molokai. Um, being that he was a firefighter, uh, he was able to connect me with the Molokai Fire Department. And um, after that, you know, we started doing regular deliveries, dropping them off with the fire department. They would show up with all the guys, the whole truck. It was so much fun. Um, and it really, really made me fall in love with the island of Molokai and realized how there are places who need so much. Um, since then, we started, you know, flying cats. Um, I even flew a chicken a couple weeks ago, a little rescue chicken. Uh, we took him to Kona, got him an Uber and everything. Um, we started delivering uh, more PPE and then we paired up with the domestic violence shelter. Um, so I know you and I have talked about, um, that was something very, very personal to me. Um, about nine years ago, I was actually in a women's shelter myself, um, brand new mother, uh, young baby, and, um, you know, had that experience of being in a women's shelter. And one of the things I told myself, you know, to get through that situation was that someday I'm going to give back. I, I don't know how, I don't know when, but all these amazing people who did something for me, I want to be able to do something for them. And I want to be able to give back in a way. Um, so we were able to fly all these diapers, feminine products, shampoo, personal products over to the island of Molokai. And, you know, I, I never thought that being able to fly myself in my own plane to give back would be the way I did it. Um, so after that, you know, I realized that this is what I want to do. Um, I loved all the humanitarian stuff, but that was the moment where, you know, everything had come full circle. And I realized what a big impact aviation could really make, um, not just on individuals, but also our community. Um, so Craig and I had talked about for a long, long time, how we could start a company, start a nonprofit, something to do humanitarian flights um, and how the aviation community could service. Um, my dream on the side had always been to open a flight school. Um, I had dabbled in teaching. I actually did tutoring for my instructor's kids um, as they were getting their private pilot done. I helped them through their written exams as well as um, help them study for their check rides, their oral exams. And from there, I just started getting students, you know, people coming to me for commercial prep, for instrument, for private pilot. And so I was dead set on opening a flight school. Um, so after a year and a half of this humanitarian work, working with Bianca, um, watching her grow her nonprofit, providing scholarships, all the pieces just started coming together. And I was lucky enough to meet a gentleman, Mark Clayton, who uh, had started this organization called Foster Pilots. So the whole idea of foster pilots was to find people who, you know, otherwise could not realize their aviation dream, uh, whether it be financial or family support or whatever it may be, and to be able to not just give them scholarships, but to also, you know, to fund their entire journey, to get them from zero to hero, commercial, ready to get a job. Part of that included 
also, you know, job placement, mentoring. The idea was to build very strong pilots, um, very well-rounded people the, who are ready for job applications, ready for resumes, ready for interviews, um, just ready to go. Um, so we, you know, um, collaborated with Mark, uh, Craig and I and Bianca. We started working with Mark and, you know, the idea was at first we were just going to support him and then, you know, Craig always thinks big and he goes, you know, why don't, why don't we just join him? Why don't we take over the whole thing? Let's make this absolutely huge. And, you know, it was a no brainer. We had all these incredible people just in the right place at the right time. And so we, we decided that foster pilots, we didn't want to just cater to kids. We didn't want to just cater to, you know, um, people who, you know, it was a financial issue. There's a lot of reasons why people don't complete their training. Uh, I believe, and I know you and I talked about, I think the dropout rate is what, 70% from private 80%. pilot? 80%. 80%, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started investigating these reasons why that happens. Um, you know, of course, finances is a big one, um, but also it's not just finances. It's maybe they don't have a mentor. They don't have direction. Um, they get all the way through their commercial and they, they don't know where to start. You know, they don't know who to talk to. They don't know who to know. They don't know how to fill out job applications, how to get into the airlines or military flying or AMP, whatever it may be. So we decided with foster pilots to really, you know, take that foster name to heart and take it beyond just kids and finances and take it where we are actually bringing these people in and we are taking care of them from day one and responsible for them throughout their entire career. We want these people to, you know, feel like they always have a place, always have resources, um, always have a mentor to get them through all the difficult times. You know, there's a lot of challenges with uh, being a pilot, uh, mental and physical. And so we just want to be there to ease them through it and give them the best opportunity possible. Um, part of that as well, you know, on the other side is our humanitarian effort. So we didn't want to just fund people's training and help them place with jobs. We want to create pilots that have a sense of community and a sense of giving back. Um, I'm sure, you know, as you know, aviation, we have a very, very unique opportunity and skill that, you know, 1% of the country has. Um, we're able to, you know, on the drop of a dime, jump in a plane and go deliver supplies. Um, we're able to get to remote places that are usually not accessible or, you know, possibly ignored um, and be there for whatever they need. Um, so we wanted to incorporate this humanitarian effort into our training. So our plan is to have our students come in, you know, we'll take care of everything. Their, um, their ground training is going to be sponsored by my company, Delta Bravo Aviation, um, which is the ground school. Um, so they'll have the training, uh, they'll have the flight training, they'll have the job place with the mentorship, um, resume writing. But part of that is that they are going to work with our community and have a mandatory amount of hours for volunteering whether that be in the air or on the ground, um, it doesn't matter. We're looking to have a huge, huge impact. Um, so right now we're looking at having about 20 hours of volunteer um, per month um, for each student coming in. Uh, that could be working, you know, in elderly homes, you know, nursing homes that could be doing STEM programs at schools that could be flying puppies, chickens, cats, and all these crazy animals that we get. Um, it could be delivering, you know, diapers, feminine products for Ma'i movement. Um, it, it could be any of these things. And, you know, we figured that the impact is going to be huge. If you have 10 students doing 20 hours a month of volunteer service, that's 200 hours of volunteer time of, you know, that has not necessarily been there. 
So you're bringing new people into this community service market um, and they'll be able to, you know, take that with them as a pilot, as they go, you know, off to the military, off to the airlines, they're always going to have that sense of community um, and giving back. And so we're really looking to mentor these people into, you know, this well-rounded being that is going to continue to give back throughout their entire career. And I think that's great because if they're flying, they're also building hours and, you know, doing community service. That's such a great idea. Yeah. Um, of course, as you know, you know, I have a tiny little 1960, uh, 150 and my goal, you know, I fly between the islands so often. Um, my mechanics actually in Kona, um, our offices are in Oahu. Um, I actually have a truck on Molokai now. So I am probably on a different Island eight times, <laughs> eight times a month. And I, I always believe that, you know, you should never fly empty. Um, just like, you know, when we were growing up, uh, our parents always used to tell us, don't leave the kitchen table with empty hands, always be doing something, always be productive. Um, so for me, you know, don't ever fly with an empty load. Um, the, the last humanitarian flight we did, I actually had five cats flying with me, um, that were part of the pause program flying out to the mainland. And then we came back with five more foster cats, as well as turn up the rooster, the rescue rooster. Um, so, you know, because these students are in the air, because they're going to be building time anyway, why not put it to good work? You know, why not put a bunch of diapers in the back? You know, why not put a bunch of feminine products? Why not put a bunch of animals in there? Um, deliver PPE, whatever it may be, um, make the most out of this time that they have. So people are probably wondering, um, how can they volunteer and also maybe donate resources? Yeah, so uh, we have some really amazing community coordinators. Um, you can actually find our entire crew on our fosterpilots.org. Um, so we have Annie, she is Big Island based and she is our community coordinator. Um, so people can send an inquiry um, to them. You'll also see we're adding a list of our mission pilots. So uh, people who are not necessarily one of our foster pilots, one of our students, um, we do have student pilots, commercial pilots, CFIs, um, a whole range of pilots, myself, Bianca, and uh, many others included. And um, you can reach out to us through Instagram, we're Foster Pilots Worldwide, or like I said, fosterpilots.org, um, and see how you can help. You know, we are looking for a little bit of everything. Um, you know, we are looking for donations. Um, you know, if people want to donate diapers, finances, uh, just their time, you know, if they just, you know, want to call us and send us an email and say, hey, you know, I'm on Lanai and I'm not sure what opportunities there are what can I do? We're happy to help. You know, we've been able to work with so many different types of organizations. Um, and so, you know, we can, of course, you know, if people want to start their own project at home, that's not necessarily related to us. We are happy to support, give up all our resources that we have um, and get people to the right place. You know, our ultimate goal is just to make this huge, you know, do good impact. We want people to, you know, be able to take their own initiative and come up with their own projects that are also unique to where they live. Um, what, you know, what's needed in Kansas is not necessarily the same as what's needed in Hawaii or Peru or Pakistan or wherever it may be. Um, and then also we do, of course, have a donation page. Um, we will be, uh, once we start vetting our students and bringing them in, of course, we will be looking for donors as well. Um, all of our students put up a little profile of what they want to accomplish in aviation and what they've done so far. Um, and people actually be able to donate, um, you know, find a pilot that they really believe in their mission and be able to donate directly to be able to fund their training as well. 
So speaking of other places, I hear that you will be expanding. Tell, tell everyone how, what that plan is and because I find it very exciting. Um, and how will pilots from other countries, how will you interact with them? How does that work? Yes, so uh, the model that we're trying to create, you know, uh, we are going very in depth into what we're actually trying to accomplish. So, you know, we're not just handing out scholarships. We are actually vetting all of our um, candidates. You know, we wanna make sure they've got a little skin in the game. Uh, like I said, I'll be donating um, my classes uh, through Delta Bravo, um, you know, so they go through their training, they've passed a medical, um, you know, we're looking for these highly motivated individuals, um, not just as a representation and to, you know, be good pilots and citizens, um, but also to be able to take it back to wherever they're from, um, especially in other countries. You know, we are so, so lucky here um, that as a woman, you know, although you do face discrimination and challenges, um, you know, you can jump into aviation. No one can tell you no. Um, you know, there's nothing stopping me from jumping in and saying, hey, I'm a female. I want to be a pilot. I can do that. Um, that's not the case everywhere. You know, you do have a lot of places that women, you know, um, don't have the rights, don't have the privileges that we do here. So we really want to cater to those. Um, and it, you know, not necessarily women, but LGBTQ, um, you know, people of color, all these places where people might not have the opportunity. We want to be able to bring them in give them the best training in the world. You know, Hawaii is an amazing, amazing place to learn. Lots of challenges, lots of beauty, scenery. Um, and for them to have our model, you know, that we will have set out, laid out, you know, we'll do all the groundwork, do the foundation, do the hard work. And our plan is to just hand them the program and say, here you go. If you want to go open up a school in Peru and do the same thing, you can. If you want to do this in Canada, if you want to do this in China, wherever that you can do it. And so you know, we don't want to just make great pilots. We want this program to be able to be copy pasted anywhere around the world um, so that you can start seeing that really, really large impact everywhere, um, especially for, you know, the underrepresented and underprivileged in the um, aviation industry. So I, I visit Hawaii quite often, <clears throat> but, you know, there are going to be people listening from all over the world. And, um, Tell them a little bit something special to you about Hawaii. I mean, I know what I love. Um, so, so not that you really have to talk people into going there, but <laughs> tell them a little bit about what they'll experience when they're, you know, training off time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Hawaii is an easy sell. Everybody wants to come to Hawaii for sure. Um, there's nothing like, you know, seeing a 1200 foot waterfall on your commute to work. Um, it's pretty special. Um, but beyond that, you know, one of the things that I found amazing about Hawaii is the community here. Um, you know, Hawaii has, you know, we, we say aloha and everybody thinks, oh, aloha is hello, goodbye. Um, but it's much more than that. It's a much deeper connection um, and a sense of community that you, you know, I, I have not found anywhere else in the world. And, you know, part of Hawaii too is always taking care of each other. You, you know, you'll find, walking down the street, you could talk to anybody and uh, they'll say, you know, oh, you're looking for something. They'll say, oh yeah, my cousin, my uncle, my auntie over here. None of them are actually related, uh, but Hawaii, everybody's family, uh, we, we call it Hanai, which is your adoptive family. And so Hawaii just has this great sense of taking care of each other. I was actually talking to a woman um, yesterday, one of our community outreach coordinators, and she was saying that, um, as we had the baby formula shortage over here with shipping and of course it was going on everywhere. 
how the entire community stepped up together to be able to get formula, um, to get breast milk, um, to make sure every single baby was taken care of. Um, that's the great thing about Hawaii is all the children, all the people, all the you know hard times, people take responsibility for that. They, they, they want everybody as a community to succeed. Um, and like I said, you become this Hanai, Hanai family. I got lots of aunties and uncles over here. Um, you know, and one of my favorite things about Hawaiian culture as well that I learned is not only is that adoptive Hanai concept, but also the giving, you know, a, a lot of places and, you know, even how I grew up, it was, you know, work hard, get as much as you can, you know, have the fancy car, have the fancy house, you know, you always have this American dream mentality. In Hawaii, it's a very different American dream. It's do what you need for yourself, but anything beyond that, you know, once you're good, you, you have your home, you have your health, you have all that, everything else you give to someone else. You know, in Hawaii, you could stop at the beach and auntie will come up with a whole plate of food. She doesn't know you. Um, you didn't say hi. She just will come up and start offering you food. And it's a very, very giving community. And that's why we believe that this is a perfect, perfect place for our program because that sense is already there. Um, we're just trying to pass it on to everybody else, you know, everyone's family. And, you know, when you have what you need, everything else you give to somebody else. And that's what they can expect from Hawaii. Um, you know, and to top it off too, we think we're in a very unique place. Um, I always like to say, you know, uh, we say Maui no ka'oi. Maui is the best, but I say Maui pilots no ka'oi. Um, one of the wonderful things about Hawaii is that it does present a lot of challenges to becoming a pilot. You know, we are constantly flying over open bodies of ocean. Uh, you stop looking for emergency spots on golf courses and start looking for barges <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. Um, we have the meanest winds here in Hawaii. Um, I didn't even know um, that crosswind landings were not the only kind of landing you could do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My first day going up for landing, um, they took us up in 37 knots of wind and the tower asked me if I was sure I wanted to go and I didn't know any better. Um, so, you know, we, we have amazing crosswinds. We have, you know, mountain flying. We have, um, you know, the oceans to deal with. We have class Bravo, Delta, Charlie, everything all within a very short spot. Um, so it's really unique flying. So our hope is being able to base our program out of here. Uh, you know, the pilots that we're going to send out into the world are going to be, you know, not just have the sense of community, not just have that sense of giving, not just be well-rounded individuals, but be great, great pilots, you know, ready for anything and really be able to represent this island and what we have to offer. They really will. They will have the experience, flight experience ever, the best. <laughs> I remember the first time I flew around uh, Maui, that was quite an experience. And also, you know, here on the mainland, we typically fly at least uh, 1500 feet. I mean, that's just a traffic pattern altitude, right? <clears throat> there, I love that we can fly lower and so close to the ocean and yep. actually see whales and things up close. I, I love my experience there. The last time I was there, they were, I could see that they were looking for pilots. There's a lot of uh, aviation jobs available. Now, yes. does your school also provide helicopter training? Craig uh, Holly, our CEO, he was a helicopter pilot. And that is something that I've always dreamed to do. Um, you know, right now I, I have one hour in a helicopter, <laughs> one, you know, one discovery flight. Um, so I would love to go through and pursue my license. Um, that is something that we are looking in the future to pair up with. 
you know, because we don't want to just do fixed wing. We're not just trying to send people to the airlines. We want to encompass everything. You know, if you want to be ATC, great. We'll have a program for that. You want to be a dispatcher. You want to be a flight attendant. You want to be a helicopter pilot. You want to go the military route, whatever it may be. Um, we want to be able to provide that job placement and training for, uh, we actually were discussing, um, I have a, a student of mine who is a, a Kahului airport firefighter and he has his own 501c3. And I believe just acquired a helicopter for that. So that is a partnership that we are looking into is be able to do helicopter training as well. Uh, because I'm, as you know, as you've seen, uh, our fixed wing, of course, gets us there faster and we get to see more. But there are some amazing, amazing places that are only accessible by helicopter. And it is a huge need out here. You know, it's, it's not just tours. Um, here on the islands being, you know, that we have limited resources, um, the helicopters play a huge part. In particular, Windward. Um, their pilots are going and doing search and rescue. Um, they're, you know, spraying for um, invasive species. They are, you know, doing beach rescues. If somebody, you know, gets injured, you know, falls into the ocean, they are so important here um, on top of doing medevac as well. Um, you know, here on the islands, if you get hurt in Hana, you have to get to Kahului. There's no major hospital. Um, if you have a serious disease, you can't get that treated on Lanai or maybe in Waimea, you know, you're going to have to fly to Oahu. And so, you know, to be able to service the islands and, you know, between oceans, um, we definitely need helicopter pilots along with fixed wings. So that is something we're dabbling in. And uh, yes, it is on my bucket list to get my license as well, because I want to be the one teaching it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's fun. Tell everyone once again, uh, how they can find you on social media or contact you, your website one more time. Yeah. So for anybody who wants to just see what we're doing and get some inspiration, um, for, you know, donation plates that they could do. Um, I have my personal one, Cessna Contessa on Instagram. Um, all of our humanitarian work, um, through, you know, the DVS, Molokai shelter, all these animal foundations, um, as well as some of our mentees and our pilots. You can find uh, on Instagram, uh, it's Foster Pilots Worldwide. Um, and then if you wanna do any donations or make any inquiries or you know, see more of what we're doing, we have our website, fosterpilots.org. Now, where are you from? Are you from Hawaii? Uh, no, I'm from Michigan actually. Um, so I was born in Michigan and moved to Pennsylvania. Uh, that's where I went to college. Uh, and then I moved out to Hawaii in 2010. I was 20, uh, 20 years old, moved to Waikiki and then came to Maui. I lived on Big Island for a little while and then got back to Maui in 2019, right before the pandemic. Perfect. And Foster's, sorry, I keep seeing Foster's. Foster <laughs> Pilots Worldwide, is that located in Oahu? Uh, yes, so we have our base in Oahu. Um, one of the beautiful things about this organization is we do have people from all over the country working on it. Um, you know, we, we do have our offices in Oahu, um, but, you know, my plane is based out of Kahului. A lot of our mission pilots are based out of Kahului as well. Uh, Bianca, she's actually in the Bay Area right now. She's finishing her degree um, in business right now. So it, it's really interesting because we, we have people all over the place. And I know a lot of people think, you know, how, how does everybody, you know, get together? How do you make it happen? And I said, that's the beauty of aviation is you could be all over the world and guess how we're all connected with a plane. So for us, it's great to have all these different perspectives, different communities that we can work with. 
Um, so like I said, Oahu based, uh, but a little bit of Maui, Molokai, Bay Area, everywhere. <laughs> so one of the questions that we always ask, very important, when you're finished for the day, what is your uh, favorite cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, since I'm usually flying about four days a week, uh, working full time in meetings, uh, usually I'm just sticking with coffee. Um, <laughs> so it is 8.30 in the morning and I've got my you know little in-op cup um, since I haven't finished my coffee yet. Um, but on the rare occasion that I am not working a 12 hour day or flying between islands, um, I have to say my favorite is an old fashioned. Um, I, in college, I used to work at a tiny little, um, uh, martini and scotch bar. And, um, so I, my typical customers were older gentlemen. And so I learned how to make old fashions and vespers and all this. And so, um, there's nothing better than an old fashioned, um, you know, some great, great, you know, black cherries in there. So next time you come over, I would be happy to make you one of my specialty drinks. <laughs> Perfect. I'm excited, which will be soon, I think. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time out to join us today. And thank you, audience, for listening to Cockpits and Cocktails. And be sure to go check out the social media and the website to learn more information. Thank you so much.